Hello and welcome to Maximoff Overdrive, the TV podcast where we go into overanalyzing, overfeeling, and possibly over-discussing the latest on the Disney Plus series, WandaVision. I'm Lisa Schmeiser. We have a lot to get through. This is a super short episode, maybe 30 minutes long, but episode six has so much in it that I feel like we need to dive right in and get started. For first-time listeners, welcome to the podcast. We have um, a quasi-structured approach to it where first we recap what happened on the episode, then we go through and do a round robin of things we loved or things that stuck in our brain and have been rattling around ever since. Uh, Then we turn to Don's infinite knowledge of all things comics verse to talk about what sort of comic <laughs> easter eggs we're going to find we go through kelly's crackpot corner where the which is a home for crackpot theories and other wild speculations and then finally we share our wishes for the future all right any other segments we need to add this week no that's a half an hour easy that's, All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with what went on in this episode, we could easily put together a podcast that's twice as long as the TV episode, but I'm not sure if that's Seriously. what the people... I'm not sure if that's what the people need. Maybe it is. Um, so I'm going to ask, as I do every week, would anybody like to take on the recap? We love that you ask this, but uh, pass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. This is the Groundhog Day portion of the recap of the episode <laughs> where I'm like, does anybody, anybody? And you're all, no. So... <laughs> So let me do my best to recap episode six. Um, There was a lot, and I'm sure I'm going to forget something. And when I'm done recapping, we'll jump in with the stuff I forgot, okay? Okay. Like a plan. All right. So this re- this episode is a little bit challenging because it's actually two different stories in one. Um, one is kind of like a spy caper. The second is a um, creeping dread horror movie, and uh, you can guess which one of those is set in a family sitcom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's recap the spy caper. Um, this is outside the hex, and our our. Uh, acting director Hayes has leaned into full villainy this week because he gets into it with Captain Rambeau. He rejects her argument that maybe you should parlay with the grief-stricken witch who's erected a giant hex in New Jersey. And um, after Darcy makes a snarky remark or two, he's like, all right, fine. Woo! Darcy Lewis, Monica uh, Monica Rambeau, all of you, off of my little sword base. Go. Goodbye. Um, They're escorted out and uh, with just one exchange of glances, Agent Wu, the man who does things by the book, the man who's upholding law and order, starts punching people. He and Rambeau quickly take down their escorts. They throw on ponchos so that Nobody will know that they're not actually supposed to be there. And um, then they get back uh, into a relevant tent so Darcy can somehow hack into all of the systems. Why she hadn't been doing this earlier is God's private mystery. And um, she finds some exposition for us. First, she finds out that Hayes can track vision via his decaying vibranium signature. Second, she finds out that um, according to medical files, Rambo's cells keep rewriting themselves on a molecular level, probably because she's been in and out of the hex and thus passed through the magic barrier twice. And then, um, in a move that frankly kind of shocks me, because Darcy's a pop culture maven and she should know the number one rule of horror movies, she suggests they split up so that Wu and uh, Rambo can go meet Rambo's mysterious contact who will get them into the hex again. And Darcy can continue hacking into the system where she discovers um, another set of files that seem to imply pretty heavily that Hayes has an interest in weaponizing vision. Okay, so let's recap the horror movie because when you think about this was like the the most psychologically unsettling um, WandaVision episode we've had. And I'm referring to the TV episode of WandaVision within the TV episode of WandaVision. Now, um, yes. now did, <laughs> yes. did either of you ever ever actually watch Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. So um, <laughs> we've skipped over the 90s in terms of sitcoms. I'm going to argue that's because the most uh, pivotal family show of the 1990s was Party of Five. And the song Closer to Free is not one Wanda would be into at the moment. Uh, <laughs> So we basically. I was going to say it's because it was Roseanne, and that's not where she wants to be. No. (laughs) Yeah, it was probably Roseanne. 
Yeah, because like that would be that would be an average family, but that's an average family in America is not a sitcom family in America, and we all know. Yeah, that. yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, that's a really good point. Um, so yeah, we basically moved to the early '90s with a chaotic sitcom opening, and then all of the Wanda scenes are just about um two big themes. The first is that the seams are beginning to show in um the world she's created in several ways. And the second big theme is nobody trusts anybody in this. Everybody is unsettled. Um, Cause it's super clear that vision no longer trusts Wanda or the life he's living. So he lies to her about why he can't spend Halloween with them and makes a couple snarky remarks about how he had no choice, but to wear his costume. He goes off to investigate Westview and finds a bunch of super creepy things, which help nothing and nobody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't and, think about it like that, but yeah, that's pretty much where we're at. And he finds Agnes too. Who well, this is where I was, was getting in to. The is credits, so, was in the credits. Finally in the credits, in the Wandavision show, or, she was credited in the nineteen. Well, no, she shows up in the nineteen sixties version as a background player. Anywho, to get back to this recap, which is turning less into a recap and more into like a half hour episode unto itself. Um, sorry. As Vision moves further away from Wanda and closer to the periphery of the Hex, he notices that it's more thinly populated and the people aren't actually animate. They're more like just human statues or doing repetitive motions to make it look like there's something going on, but they're not really engaging in their atmosphere. He tries animatronics. Yes. He tries to talk to a woman and she just stares ahead. She doesn't respond to him. It's like he's talking to a mannequin. He gets to a crossroads at Ellis Avenue, which is a road Wanda told a boys not to cross. And at the crossroads, Agnes is, is at her car. The car is idled. Curiously, she's able to talk to Vision, although she's like kind of dreamy and oh, I got lost until he like does his mind zone mind stone thing, and then um she gives this big show about um oh my gosh oh my gosh is it you are you here to help us and then in short order she imparts to Vision that one he is dead two he is an Avenger and three Wanda's responsible for all of this um. Uh, she begins to cackle wildly about how all is lost. So Vision zoops her again and then decides to pop outside the hex. It doesn't go well for him. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so because as he pops out of the hex where it's night on the outside now as well as inside the the inside the bubble um he begins to physically disintegrate in a move that's very very similar to getting dusted at the end of the avengers movie and he manages to grin out the people need help and continues to like disintegrate and, and pop out while all this is going on um wanda is a little bit wigged out because first she figures out that Vision is lying to her. Second, she's not sure her brother is her brother, and he's kind of being a devilishly bad influence on the boys, openly chattering about he's playing a role in their story, and this is what she wants anyway. And then he keeps asking her, oh, tell me how you did it. How did you pull this off? And Wanda says, oh, I don't know. Um, I just remember feeling completely alone and empty. I felt endless nothingness. nothingness. And when she says that, she turns and looks at her brother, and up, oh, he's dead. It's creepy. He flashes back to life and he asks if she's okay. And when she says, I'm fine, he's like giving it a look like, really? Are you? Um, listeners, she is not. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone unclear in that moment, no, no, she's not. No, no. Um, and then we build up to what you could probably call a modern take on the carry at the prom moment because after she has this this freaky deaky conversation with her brother um you know she's trying to figure out what's going on and he says oh it's not like your dead husband can die twice so she just very casually blasts him through the through the the the, hay, the haystack maze um not caring who sees her with her powers at that point her kids powers come online and um Billy chooses that moment to develop his psychic powers. And he's like, dad is in danger. They're soldiers. He's saying that people need help. And um, the one-two punch of finding out that Vision has been threatened by an external enemy and getting out of her 
radius and seeing her brother's snarky indifference to everything uh, really sends her into maximum overdrive, as it were. So you see, we see her eyes flash red. She closes them. She manages to expand the hex even further, taking up part of the sword camp where Darcy Lewis has been held hostage. Um, we see clowns and we see circus tents and um, then that's it. And my closing thought is, I really hope we get to see Darcy Lewis doing her best impression of Gloria Graham from The Greatest Show on Earth next week, because I'm, I'm here for I'm here for any episode where Darcy Lewis gets to ride an elephant. <laughs> I like but, the fact that when the uh, hex was expanding into her, she said, oh, fudge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Disney good. Plus got its limits, man. So it, it, when she went I, through I, it, yeah. it became it became G rated. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that the she- that the sword agents were turned into clowns, and the um, whole camp setup was turned into a circus, and the surveillance vans were turned into ice cream trucks. Did you notice the one sword agent that was turned into a mime doing the the wall thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought what was that really was really funny. Hysterical. Was there's a really great part? So anyway, that was the recap, which is pretty long. Um, and the reason it was pretty long is again a lot happened for under thirty minutes because so the much whole, because the whole time we have Vision who's not even pretending to be happily married anymore, but for whatever reason Wanda's ignoring it. Yeah. Um, and then we have the kids who note to the camera doing their little Malcolm in the Middle thing. They're like, "Oh, mom's mom and dad haven't been the same since Uncle Pietro showed up." And Uncle Pietro is saying things like, "Oh, this is a hell of a place." And you come on, little demon spawn, which of course says everyone's shrieking, "It's Mephisto! It's Mephisto!" Which you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The point is, is that Pietro seems to be running his own scam while insisting to Wanda he's doing this all at her preference. She can't trust him. She finds out that Vision doesn't trust her. Her kids are ungovernable um it's it's just a lot to take in and then there's all this dissension in uh sword Mm -hmm. swords falling apart you know Mm -hmm. uh uh hayward throws uh our three uh faves um monica darcy and jimmy out and so Sword's falling apart, and then Sword gets subsumed, and basically Hayward and two uh, red shirts uh, actually get <laughs> saved with him. Yeah. And so really, it's the only two, the only people on the outside mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, because it felt that long, even though it was a half an hour, it felt really long because so much happens, yeah. are Darcy, Jimmy, Hayward, and the two goons. Okay, so... To do the round robin, I have two things I want to talk about. Um, okay. w- one is um, Hayward. W- why would Hayward be this stupid? Like he's presumably presumably been the acting director of the agency for a couple years at this point. He's managed to keep it afloat. It's not infiltrated with Hydra so far as we know. Um, mm-hmm. So he's already up on like the Shield administration in that aspect. <laughs> and true. It really seems like he wanted those three off the base or overplayed his hand with them on purpose. Mm-hmm. Just because it it it's not in keeping with how somebody who has a it doesn't make sense because it should be keep your enemy you know keep your friends close and your enemies closer. If he's really cheesed about what they're doing, the thing to do is to keep them by him. Yeah, you're on desk duty, or like all you get to do is watch the show. You don't get to interact with anything else. We're yeah. not sending you back into the hex. Ha ha! I called it the hex. Um, at like the you. That would make the most sense. Like um, he feels like he feels really cardboard villain in this episode, and yeah, I'm all why. Like it it doesn't make sense. I get that we're supposed to see him as just a suit or an ambitious person, but he had practically a horror villain monologue with the whole "you people who disappeared had it easy." The rest of us had to keep the lights yeah. on. Blurp blurp blurp. And I was like, well, actually, I kind I kind of like that because in his mind, he's the hero. He's protecting yeah. everybody, right? Because the best yeah, which is vi- the why best the first villain time of story he gets in the car is, and hits the road. The best villain story is the villain doesn't think of themselves as like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. ha. here, listen right. to my evil plan. They think they're the hero, right? Yeah, he, it just it just felt he felt like he was it felt like he was monologuing though, and not like good monologuing. It felt like he was all <laughs> villain monologue. 
which was just weird. Well, speaking of monologuing, uh, you were talking about uh, the exposition scene in the tent. That was actually uh, very well done for exposition. And and the three facts that you talked about were really key. And while I loved those three facts because it, and we'll get to this in the comic thing, it points to uh, Monica is probably going to be Photon a lot sooner than I thought. Those those three things were like three answers, but they were also like 30 questions from them, right? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that was the most irritating thing about this episode was, oh, wow, they answered so many things. Oh, sh- what's going on, right? Yeah. And it's even worse now. I yes. mean... I was very, I was, I was, I was pulling my old man hair out. <laughs> it's, I, I guess the question I have now is what game, what game is Hayes running, Hayward running? Because, mm-hmm. um, because you take a look at everybody who worked at S.H.I.E.L.D. and like, granted, the people who worked at S.H.I.E.L.D. had one big operational weakness, which is a complete inability to, to detect Hydra. But on the plus side, you look at the folks that they had, and they were very good at strategic ops and reading behavior and moving people into place accordingly. And you would think some of that would have carried over to S.W.O.R.D. just, you know, because you've got the same talent pool you're working from. So his behavior is weird and a little cartoony to me. Um and I'm wondering if it's that way on purpose, because that way it's easy to just press buttons and get these people to do what you want them to do. I may be giving the show too much credit for that. I may be trying to, to um, I may be trying to excuse some writing, which was just all, nope, 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 he's a cartoon villain. It felt to me sort of like to him having to put up with the three of them was like a side quest that he wasn't mm-hmm. interested in. And so... Uh, he took the first opportunity he could to get them out of the way because they do not advance whatever cataract is. Um, whatever it is that he's actually setting out to do, which mm-hmm. being interim director of S.W.O.R.D. helps with in yeah. some way. I don't know mm-hmm. yet. I haven't formed all the pieces yet. I'm not I'm not skipping all the way ahead to my house. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like he's he's playing a different game and so we're seeing him right now acting in a way that doesn't make sense because we don't have the whole story and it's really that um you know he's a villain on an interdimensional scale and Mm -hmm. we just haven't seen it yet because you know because reasons but uh like this this part of what he's doing is just waylaying him from the bigger thing that he's trying to get done and that's part of why he's been so grumpy this whole time too the second thing i want to bring up is i think agnes is playing i don't think she was affected by the bingo i don't think she was affected by the slowdown um and my reasons for that are one Vision had already tried talking to somebody and they weren't answering. So why would Agnes, who is even further from view, mm-hmm. um, be, be, le- be be more likely to speak than the people who are a little bit closer to Wanda and acting as living props? Um, two, super convenient that when she finally does snap two, super convenient that when she starts talking, the first thing she does is spark suspicion and vision by claiming she's gotten lost in the town she lives in all her life. And then super, super convenient when he like mind stones her, she immediately does her best to, um, to, to push him even further apart from Wanda and to set up Wanda as the villain in his eyes. Also, did you notice that she still responded to the name Agnes? Why is her character and her real person, why do those have the same name? Yeah, exactly. So my theory is that she's been working to try to uh, put a fissure between Vision and Wanda. And she's able to resist Wanda somehow, possibly through magic if she's Ag- Agatha Harkness. So she's working mm-hmm. to a thing. It's in her interest to um, disrupt the bubble and get these two separate so that they're not working together. And she somehow the question is how she knows that vision was going to go off on his little vision quest as it were and and <laughs> and, ha- and happened to be in the right place at the right time to galvanize him into the action that that he did the same way she knows the rest of the time right which is mm-hmm. she always shows up in the nick of time with just the right thing 
So in this mm-hmm. case, you know, she showed up with an idea instead of a doghouse or a dinner. But yeah, usually she was advancing like, the plot. It's obvious. And, like, she's this read she read the script. That's yeah. how she does. Mm. And that's how, and she's advancing the plot. And and speaking so of the script, Don, uh-huh. she's not the only one advancing a script because we ran mm-hmm. into Herb, Herb, Herbenstein. Herb, yeah, yeah, Herbenstein. we ran into Herb, well, like and that. he was Herbenstein. But Herb Out was the saying street. the stuff that the, everyone was doing before they did it because he's like, oh, all the candy has been stolen, and we saw Pietro taking the kids to steal the candy. And he's like, oh, and now I'm hearing all of the pumpkins have been smashed, and then we we cut to watch them begin to smash the pumpkins and. Basically, he predicted everything, and then when Wanda's like making faces, he's all, "Do you want to change something?" That was it. Was is that like is that okay? Do you want me to change something? That made me wonder too. So, so is he is, is he in, is he in it with Wanda? Is the question right? Um, or he's he, well, he's he he knows more than he should for being a resident of the town. Is, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because he's working with someone else or not, I haven't like. Whether he's working with Wanda or not is the part I wasn't quite sure of. Like, he knows to be, to show her deference, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because he knows it's her or because he knows it's someone else. And the other weird moment of that was when, um, now I'm not going to remember, but uh, one of the twins was doing the fourth wall and staring down mm-hmm. the lens, staring into the camera and saying, like, it's been weird since... Like, it's been weird between mom and dad since Uncle Pietro showed up. And Pietro is looking right at him while he does it. Yeah. So can we talk about Pietro Maximoff as himself? (laughs) (laughs) We sure can. Um, I wanted to talk about him anyway, because, I mean, so, so the thing about this whole episode is one of the geniuses of it is it reflects the, the, the meta concept and the fourth wall breaking and the self-awareness that began to imbue TV shows around this time anyway, mm-hmm. where the idea behind a lot of TV shows and writers were the writers were like, Hey viewers, we know you're in on this. We know that you're watching us. We're going to give you a wink and a nod. And Malcolm in the middle was notorious for this. Mm-hmm. And so this episode of WandaVision is too. And that like goes triple for Pietro. Yeah. Because there's that moment where he's like, hey, I get what's going on. You want the kids to have a father figure for Halloween. And like, he basically like lays out all of the plot beats that he's going to fill in right before he does it. Yep. And asks her like the nuts and bolts of how she Mm -hmm. did it. And like talks to her before about like, you know, I'm just here to like basically says like, I'm here as a plot point. Mm hmm. Well, I wanted to talk about that a bit, too, because one first episode with lots of kids and um, we saw them. Well, we saw them on the streets and my daughter shouts excitedly, there's children now. And then like (laughs) later when Wanda and PH, when Wanda and Pietro were having the conversation, it's like, how'd you do it with the kid? He's like, do you bring the kids out just for special occasions? Doesn't traumatize them too much. And he says a couple other few, a couple other key things, which is like, um, you always were the more, more empathetic twin and you've clearly worked with the ethics of this mm-hmm. and done the best you can. And there's a moment where Wanda looks at him and she says very slowly and carefully, you don't think it's unethical. And the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, so is she asking for his approval? And then the, I thought it over like the second and third times I watched, it. I was like, maybe she's trying to interrogate him while he's trying to interrogate her. Cause mm-hmm. like the whole theme behind this episode is distrust. Like she had tried to catch him in a lie with the orphanage and um he hadn't gotten it there they have that little exchange over where's your accent no where's your accent um and he starts asking her questions and the one she asks is what his opinion is and he's like oh i think it's great and i'm not sure that's the answer she wanted to hear (laughs) also also uh, you know when he describes how when she asked him how he got there and he describes Mm -hmm. you know he was uh, shot in the street like a chump and then I heard you calling so what the heck does that mean and so how can he know uh, how can he know about the real uh, MCU Pietro's uh, uh, death yeah. mm-hmm. and meta comment on that which which also gets to the point where I got to step out here about him and like, mm-hmm. so is he 
the X-Men universe's uh, Quicksilver? Or is this just a wink-wink, nudge-nudge joke by uh, Kevin Faye and the Marvel uh, nutcases to the fans <laughs> to distract us? I can't us. believe that this ends at stunt casting. I cannot. So... I think it'd be fun if it did end at stunt casting. I think it'd be fun if what this turns out is that it's not actually Pietro, but it's someone or something else. <laughs> I do like that idea. And this is a way for them to make fun of both the sitcom recasting changes that went on <laughs> and the and fans are Reddit. Yeah. And the fan service stunt casting that happens in Marvel. By the way, you know. did you, I did not realize until today, it didn't strike mm -hmm. me. You know, Evan Peters, who's playing Pietro Maximoff, mm -hmm. Quicksilver in here. And Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played him in Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. You talk about inside jokes. Did you know they were both together in the movie Kick-Ass? Yes, I and saw guess, the, the screen caps all over the place. And mm -hmm. guess what yeah. line is uttered in this show? And then yeah. after uh, Pietro and the boys take off, Wanda says, mm -hmm. kick ass. Yeah. Yep. And so, so they're just screwing with us. You know that. Yep. 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 Like, yep. I, I really, I really feel like some of this is like, okay, nerds, we know you're going to go back and read every <laughs> single comic book out there and you're going to parse for this and that. And they're throwing in stuff to keep people buzzing. They're and... breaking the fourth wall with what they're doing the same way the show is doing it. Exactly. On a meta level. That's exactly what they're doing. And so, but now that you put it that way, it feels like maybe it does end at stunt casting. Like mm -hmm. that's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Because I think in terms of an actor, if, if you know anything about Evan Peters, this guy's mm -hmm. like nuts. He, he's in it for the fun of it all. So he would do this one way or the other. He doesn't care, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, as an actor. So uh, he would certainly, yeah, sign me up for stunt casting. Uh, uh, just as a point of parliamentary procedure, I forgot to mention it earlier when we were going down a rat hole uh, about Hayward. <laughs> uh, but uh, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, mm -hmm. what yeah. the shield happened where S.W.O.R.D. and everybody else, because we had the thing last episode where Captain Rambo, Monica Rambo, was not mm -hmm. happy about Carol Danvers either. What happened with Carol Danvers in the background here. And is that ever going to get explained? Maybe in Captain Marvel 2. Or or maybe people just hate superpowered people. There might be some people who do. Who are like, look, until you lot started putting on flying armor and blasting mm -hmm. holes in the sides of buildings, things were okay. And now all of a sudden we have alien space dogs overrunning things. And space half our population... Half our population vanishes because of the jolly purple giant and Captain America is sad all the time. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, say what you will about how flimsy the pretext for the conflict was in Captain America Civil War. But like Vision had a point when he's like, look, people take superpowers as an invitation to to challenge that strength and to assert yeah. it. And so maybe if you're Hayward and you've spent the last five years um, trying to keep your, your, your ghouly spook agency going and, you know, make sure that there aren't any more rogue people popping out of the rubble all, surprise, I'm Vanish Man or whatever. You're <laughs> like, I, I have no patience for this. I have no patience for Carol Danvers coming in and punching a spaceship and leaving again, which is basically what she did. <laughs> she she yeah. didn't just punch it. She sucker punched that spaceship. Oh, it was so great. Oh, my God. That was like <laughs> it was amazing. Part. But not part of the not part of the TV show. Uh, sorry yeah, about that. Like, sorry, blame sorry. me, audience. Blame no, me. No, you can blame all of us. We all. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one who's all Captain America: Civil War vision. Um, but like one of the things that this show keeps coming back to in this episode is who can you trust? And the oh, answer yeah. seems. And like the reason the Wanda's. 
The Wanda segments felt like such a horror movie to me because you've got these two mm-hmm. kids who can't trust the grownups in their lives. And then right. you and and then you have Wanda who realizes that she can't trust her twin brother and you've got Vision who is living in a house with a woman he plainly distrusts and is beginning to develop a little bit of contempt for. And it's just this horrible hor- like it's a horrible psychological torture story. Yeah. And then you have all the townspeople as 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 mundane zombies. And in the rewatch, I realized because I was sitting alone in my room when I was doing the rewatch, and boy, that was creepy as all get out. <laughs> I mean, like I was not, I was expecting there to be some some scary stuff, some spooky stuff, you mm-hmm. know, in in a Halloween episode. But I was not expecting creepy, like, might keep me up at night mm-hmm. creepy stuff um, out of this episode. And that was the thing to me that I think was was the most surprising of all of it was how, like, I don't know. But, like, watching that woman continue to try and try and try and try to hang up that ghosty skeleton thing on the mm-hmm. line was... Yeah. And the little tear running down her cheek, right? The golden tear that, like, stood out in the sun. And and then, like... Her husband's behind her doing the same thing where he keeps trying to put the pumpkin down repeatedly. Tries and fails and tries and fails. And then, what do we get in the middle? That claymation commercial. Oh, yeah. I didn't even Oof. touch on that in the recap because I was like, that that's like a whole segment unto itself. And, and here we are. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to what is that claymation commercial is about? A segment I hope we never repeat. <laughs> you know, Lisa, God. you could spend a half an hour just talking about yo magic. And and <sighs> and who who does the kid trying to get into the yogurt represent and who does the shark represent, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> so if you okay, if you take a look at all of the commercials so far, it's been recapturing parts of Wanda's history from the Stark bomb that took out her family to the um, impact that Hydra had on, on her and radicalized her to the Lagos uh, incident that triggered the Captain America civil war and all that and subsequent monkey shines. And then, (laughs) and then this latest commercial is, um, somebody on an island who's i'm so hungry and then the shark zooms up and it's like i used to be like you and then i snacked on yo magic and um the 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 little child's like may i please have some and the shark hands it over and they can't access yo magic and they eventually die but the shark is zoomed off and so what i'm wondering is that this is wanda's um subconscious throwing up of another flag and saying hey the more you use your powers the weaker you get or hey the more you use the powers the more something in you is getting killed off yeah exactly the other thing that's disturbing about this at the end that you realize that it really is wanda controlling the hex like, w- yeah. we've been talking about, like, is Wanda being manipulated? And, and the jury's still out on that. But yeah. she clearly is deciding what the boundary to the hex is. She's got power, and she's and she's not afraid to use it. Um, so, so the question is now, um, the questions I have now are, who's manipulating Wanda? To what end? And, um... How are we going to stop this? Because I think at this point, I'm pretty comfortable saying, I think Agnes is the big bad in the show. Like, everybody's all, they haven't revealed their big bad yet. And some people online are like, maybe the big bad is grief. Have you thought about that? And I'm like, well, yes, there is that. Um, but I, while true, I, I do want mm-hmm. to punch people who bring that up to me. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> um I think it's helpful to say, yeah, Wanda is a traumatized person who is vulnerable because of her tremendous grief. And so you had a predator swoop in and um, begin to use Wanda to their own ends. And I think the fact that Monica keeps saying, I know what I felt. This is a woman in grief. This is how we're going to connect her. I think we've basically, I think the show has tipped its hand to how 
um, how our terrific trio does manage to reconnect with Wanda and possibly be an ally to her. Um, and I'm going to say now, and here's where we move into our crackpot corner theories. Um, I'm going to say now, I think Agnes is the big bad. I think Agnes has been manipulating things because if, um, she keeps Wanda on edge and anxious. Wanda is more careless with her magic and easier mm -hmm. to manipulate. And I think Agnes, um, it's in Agnes's best interest to separate Vision out because she probably knew that a dead android going through a magic wall would die again. Um, and that she also knew that Wanda's tremendous grief over the prospect of losing him twice would have her power up some more magic right when it was convenient. Um, Agnes has always been about accelerating things toward an end that pleases her. The question is who she is and what she wants now. And so I'm going to be watching the next three episodes very carefully to see what Agnes's agenda is. Now, I, I would come back and I'd say there's a good chance you're right. Mm -hmm. But I would come back and say Dobby. Oh, you really want Emma Caulfield to come back, we, don't you? We, yes. still, we haven't seen her for two episodes. We haven't right? seen her. That was yeah. That's one of my unanswered questions this week is where did she go? Where uh, did she go? Um, because she's not there. And like I've said repeatedly, you don't hire Emma Caulfield and waste her on that. But mm. also, nobody's talking about her either. Nobody said, oh... Dottie, you know, you know Dottie's a Dottie terror at the Harvest dinner. Festival. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not even nobody's even mentioning her. It's like she's been excommunicated or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, did she have to go rush home too? Like you know, what's the deal? So that was like one of my unanswered questions this week. And uh, the other thing, and and the thing that I am wondering is if we're coming at Agnes from the wrong direction. Because, mm. like, Dawn, you talked about before um, uh, Agatha in the um, in the in the comics. Agatha Harkness is like a, a mentor. Mm. He's like a mentor, a buddy, a friend. And that makes me wonder if maybe that's why Agnes is the plot accelerant, because she like she's trying to sort of help Wanda get to a point where Wanda can face it and deal. And, mm. and as we keep saying, like every time we record an episode, we talk about, well, that's just the show messing with us. That's the show <laughs> subverting expectations. That's the show doing something unexpected by presenting it to us in an expected way. And what would be, what would be expected is for Agatha Harkness to be a villain, for Memphisto to be a villain, for, mm -hmm. for there to be an actual big bad and not have it just be Wanda's grief is destructive. And mm -hmm. so what they're going to do is not fight Wanda, but they're going to save her. And like mm. it's their love and their care and not their kick ass, their ass kicking skills that make it possible for Wanda to face her grief and admit that Vision is gone and that she has lost him and that she has to stare down the rest of her life without him or, you know, or or not. I mean, you know, Marvel reboots everybody every 10 years or whatever it is anyway, and that's fine. But I feel like what would be less expected from this show to not ha than to not have an actual villain we can pin all this on? Mm. Um, yeah, but it's not very Marvel-y. Uh, no, I was going to say the Marvel convention true. is. And and the thing is, is historically Marvel has trouble with villains. So if we were to say, oh, the villain is the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Sages of Grief, like that would be the ultimate cell phone. And oh, Marvel has a problem with grief. Um, I, I really think there's going to be an antagonist because that's how these things come down to. Um, and that's it. Like I said, I'm staking it on Agnes because she's moving things along at quite a handy clip and she's forcing Wanda's hand more and more with, with every move that she makes and, mm -hmm. and separating her out from vision. I too. completely so agree with yeah. both of you on that. Now mm -hmm. the third candidate that we have here, I think Pietro mm. or whoever's playing him this time, why does he know so much? Why does he keep challenging Wanda yeah. like that? Yeah. So there's just way too much self-aware situation mm -hmm. stuff there. So mm -hmm. the thing the thing 
like I keep turning this over in my head because part of me is like maybe Pietro is a projection of her grief and not really and then part of me is like okay we saw dead vision we've seen dead Pietro and um, I don't know if I necessarily buy the idea that it's um, the character known as Peter from the X-Men movies <laughs> mostly because um, like I've actually seen those movies um <laughs> I always feel like I have to say that like in a lower tone of voice because they're kind of all over the map, stylistically speaking. Um, but the Peter, the the Peter character from those movies is somebody who you could probably characterize on a good day as chaotic good. And even on a bad day, at best, he's chaotic neutral. But you look at it in, in the movies, the things he does, he never kills people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in all of his sequences even when he has bullets firing he makes sure that like he moves the trajectories of bullets so they don't hit people he may have a policeman punch themselves but that's not the same as killing and then like when you see x-men apocalypse he rolls up he he hears an explosion happening and his first thing his first impulse is to run in and literally save everybody so this is not somebody like I've seen him described as amoral and I'm like, this is not somebody who's amoral because amoral would have been, maybe he would have watched to go up and then ask questions. Like um, the guy in those X-Men movies seems a little bit kinder than the Pietro we've gotten in this episode so far. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's fundamentally, a, he's fundamentally a good guy. And so that was the thing that I wondered about him too, because that's how I remembered him. And then it oh, I went back and wonder. watched the scenes and was like, this doesn't scan at all because this is a guy who's a team player and cares about people. And yeah. He, yeah. And mm-hmm. even if and like when he when he's not necessarily acting like a, a stereotypical good guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's making the cop punch himself, right? He's doing it for his own amusement. It's not because he's trying to be a bad guy. It's because like that cop was going to punch somebody else. And wouldn't it be funny if he socked mm-hmm. himself? Ha ha. Let's do that. So the thing I was wondering after after going through this, like you were saying, you know, because it doesn't scan that he's that guy. Um, I was wondering uh, how that if or how that if we saw that version of Quicksilver meet his demise, because I don't think we did. OK, so I didn't actually see the the one, the the age, the Phoenix the phoenix one i didn't either because it's not that's the one i haven't seen either it's not for free on a streaming service yet and i (laughs) cannot bring myself to pay money for it i cannot either that Um, said i did look through youtube clips and again this is like in the youtube clips he still comes off as somebody who's not a turkey um i mean he wouldn't be out of he wouldn't be out of place in a deadpool movie but again he's also not a blithe jerk who's just here to poke, poke, poke to see what happens. Right. And so I'm super curious to see if what they're doing is, is this really Quicksilver? And if it is, was the MCU's version of Quicksilver always a little bit more of a jerk than the other Quicksilver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or, or what the deal was there. But um, like, it just comes back to Wanda can't trust anybody. Yeah. Um, and she keeps trying to, but she's getting a little thrown by the references to, um, oh, do you want me to take that scene again? Or is there something you want, Wanda? And yeah. um, there was also that scene where she, you know, Vision's like, oh, I'm off to uh, have fun. And she's like, you're not supposed to do that. And he's like, come again. And she's like, I meant. And like, she's not dealing well with things going off script. Yeah. Here's an interesting Definitely. thing. So. Mm-hmm. Vision doesn't have any memory of him being an Avenger. And he said to her the last episode, he doesn't have any memory of anything before his life in this town with her. Yes. Because he's been dead for five years. Well, there's that. But even, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, But he still seems like he has the soul or the spirit of Vision. And that goodness, that almost... Remember when he has the conversation at the end of the movie with Ultron? Yeah. You know, where he says, he makes the self-referential joke, well, you know, I was Mm -hmm. only born yesterday. Yeah. He has that innocence and that Mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Just seemingly bred into him. And so if he is a creation by Wanda or even a creation of someone else, Mm-hmm. It seems like kind of 
creepy that he would be that accurately created, right? Well, I also wonder if anybody at S.W.O.R.D. has like a diplomatic line to Wakanda and they're like, hey, you know that project you were working on before a thousand space dogs descended on Wakanda and then we all got dusted and how that whole project was about separating the Mind Stone from the Vision. May we have the backup files, please? Mm-hmm. And Shuri was like, yes, go for it. I have other things to do. <laughs> Give me my own movie and they're yours. Yeah, exactly. I, I I absolutely feel like there's more to Pietro than we know right now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's because uh, it's it is sort of X Men timeline Pietro for for lack of a better word we'll call him mutant Pietro instead of experimented on Pietro. Yes, uh, good um, way to put it. Good way to put it. Whether it's whether it's because uh, she really did uh, kick open a door and pluck someone out of another d- timeline dimension. Mm-hmm multiverse whatever um whether that's what happened or um he indeed has been recast and mm-hmm. is being played by someone else and uh and he's kind of in the same boat as, as as everybody else who's there he just knows a little more than than the other people who are in the town do um like we're not done with him and i don't know what it is that has me 100 percent convinced of that but i'm 100 percent convinced that that we haven't yeah. He has a bigger part to play than just uh, the character that shows up in season four, you know, Cousin Oliver, Scrappy-Doo, mm-hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> to show up and mess things up, to, to show up and, and mess things up before, you know, because the the writers are in a hole, they don't know what to do next. Uh, so there's definitely more to his story, and I'm not sure what it is, but I'm I'm not sure where it's going to go either. And part of what I wonder about is if somehow he's not going to team up with our Scooby gang on the outside. If they're not going to end up communicating with each other. Huh? Interesting. Well, now the Scooby gang is, is broken up and we don't know what it's going to happen to Darcy inside the hex. And I'm telling you elephant tamer, elephant tamer. (laughs) (laughs) I did shout at Darcy. Don't you know, you never, you never split up. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you never split up in a horror movie, which was fresh on my mind because we got Vision disintegrating as he tries to crawl out of the hex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh. it was heartbreaking. I might have yelled about that too. Um, it's it was a very so shouty episode. It's at my house. so sweet though because he basically sacrifices himself because he's so determined to help everybody else. That's what I yeah. meant about the the yeah. goodness and the innocence. Yeah, and. Um, I th- I think the idea of sacrificing yourself or your delusions for a greater good is going to be something that comes back because, mm-hmm. you know, Wanda's going to revive him inside her circus tent or whatever. Yeah. And um, the question I have is if we're going to see him basically reboot from like ni- Goonie 1950s house husband all over again, or if he comes back and he's like, okay, um, was not expecting this. Wanda, what the heck? Because <laughs> um, if he comes back and he has no idea what he just tried to do and, and Wanda's got the opportunity to hit a reset button, watching her manipulate this really naive guy who we know is is fundamentally oriented mm-hmm. towards helping somebody else, like that's going to push her towards more overt villainy, I think. Yeah. And, and I think that I that might that. be, I mean, that's another piece of it, right? Is that, you know, mm-hmm. the moment when she realizes that she's not the good guy because she's been doing this to him yeah. all of this time. And it's possible it would be against his wishes for this to be happening as much as he loved her, which I never doubted. But, you know, there's mm-hmm. a point where they mention like this also goes against uh, Vision's living will you know as well at at one point they talked about like how what was happening was also something that he would not have wanted and you know like vision is kind of this this sort of cornball dude you know mm-hmm. in like the best way um but that's really who he is you know like when we see you know i smell crime you know like that's who he like, that's kind of who he was like as long as we knew him you know such as it was uh, mm-hmm. That like he was always kind of that that good guy, and so like watching him crawl out of the hex in order to help everybody uh, was absolutely on brand. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. Two, agreed. 
it was heartbreaking to watch because we knew that's what he was doing and that he was and it was like the first decision he has independently made you know of consequence in a really long time like we don't even know how long and 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 so like it you know it was sad in that way as well but i think like i don't know i i'm curious where we're gonna end up with the hex bubble but i mostly like i'm just sad that Uh, I think we're going to end up with a moment and maybe this ends up being her undoing where Wanda realizes that uh, she has taken like everything that she loved and everything that she cared about and thought she was getting it back by doing this Mm -hmm. and has lost all of it because she's basing everything on a lie and manipulating everyone to get her way. I feel like that might be what does her in. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. That was an emotionally exhausting um, discussion. <laughs> it, on was. That, on it was. On that cheerful, uplifting note. Yeah. On that cheerful. What do we want from the next three episodes? Answers. Um, I, yeah. I want answers. <laughs> I want to well, yeah. know what the heck is the significance of the tiger? I feel, yeah. Um, well, oh, the one that you saw, that we saw um, that was on the boy's birthday cake when they turned five in the old credits. Yeah, and that was on Billy's feet when they're doing Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's a good catch. That's a really good catch. Um, okay, so that's what you want, is you want to find out about the tiger. Kelly, I'm going to assume you still uh, want oh, to find oh, out oh, who Monica's... I also want oh, to find oh. out who the guy is. And we know it's a guy now. It's not a girl who's helping mm-hmm. uh, Captain Rambo. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That's still my question, because I want, I want all the same stuff I wanted before, which is uh, who's... Who was Agent Wu looking for mm-hmm. that started all of this? And who is Monica's engineer friend? Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to find out uh, who, uh, like, the deal, I guess, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. with uh, both uh, Pietro and mm-hmm. Dottie. I feel like we kind of know who Agnes is. So mm-hmm. um, I want to know, like, I guess I want to know where is everybody? Where is Agent Wu's witness where is uh dotty and uh who is um monica's friend that's what i want to know i need to get some identities for some people (laughs) okay yeah i want to know who pietro really is Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are we are we discovering that MCU Pietro was just kind of a jerk? Um, even <laughs> <laughs> and and he's a jerk being played by Evan Peters now instead of by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, and I would like to find out what um, what how will Hayward be foiled? Because we know it's coming. It's a matter of time. Um, you don't have a huge villain monologue like he did with and and the, oh, oh, oh he's been hiding things um reveal yeah. without without people plotting he's going down which is a question of how um i feel like we've ended we've we've we, we wrapped up act two because it seems like this show is doing a pretty solid job of like first three episodes were act one set up introducing the conflict and a little bit um episode four really kicked us into high gear and i think what we're gonna find with episode seven eight nine we're gonna find out how wanda got into this predicament i think we're gonna get the reveal on agnes um there's gonna have to be a resolution to the wanda and vision storyline because they've got this conflict now well the there's other, like a one and the there's other a one thing versus is we gotta vision, find out what operation cataract is right yeah. Oh, they're going to try to turn his head into like a weapon that they can control remotely. It'll be something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, it, it's going to be kind it's of gonna be something incredible. It's going to be like depersonalizing and, and inhumane is what it's going to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we have to resolve Wanda versus Wanda and Wanda versus Vision. Um, what I want to find out is do the kids go away because they're just a figment of someone's imagination or will we be stuck with the beginning of the junior Avengers? Oh, uh, please stick us with that. Probably wouldn't be the worst thing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I also want to know about operation cataract, but now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now that you've mentioned uh, the director, I kind of want to know like what his deal is too. Cause again, there has to be more to it than, like you said, like you don't you don't give a Bond villain monologue like that and then just leave it there to die. Like that's not how it works. The other thing I want to find out. Oh, I have one more. I have one more too. Um, we we got to talk about two. Photon. We we got to find out if Monica really becomes Photon in this in this show. Are they saving that for the next Captain Marvel? I also uh. want to find out. Um, 
why could nobody from um oh where is that place where Wong and the rest of the sorcerers live when they're not busy you know popping out of holes to to fight the ro- to, to fight the, the space dogs at the end of the I Avengers Cobra Kai and I know that no wrong. no Cobra Kai is a different show <laughs> it's not Nanda Parbat because that's the place where the Iron Fist came from um <laughs> but what is the name of that monastery that uh, Doctor Strange got all got all of his mystical uh training i'm trying to think yeah it's in there somewhere and i can't shake it loose yeah anyway that that, i'm sure someone will tell us on that place like they have a bunch of sorcerers just hanging out why couldn't one of them pop into the hex see what's going on pop that back out and go okay this is how we fix it like there are magic users on this planet already they're not hiding there's no hiding from this anymore like yeah I can't believe everybody is so siloed. You already had the massive crossover event where everybody showed up to fight the space dogs and the Thanos. Like, why don't they have a group chat going at this point where they're like, okay, this is something you can handle. Like we saw early on when half of them were gone. That Commertage. they had like, That was it. They had. The, okay. Thank <laughs> Sorry. you. But it they had like this. <laughs> Thank you. They had the space zooms with um, Koye and, and uh, you know, Rocket Raccoon and Captain Marvel and everybody else where they like conferred on problems all over the world. Like they didn't keep that up. See, now I just want to watch DVD extras of that. Yeah. No, this just makes, this makes no sense to me. Shoot me 45 minutes of those meetings and let me just see what that looked like because I'm sure it would have been amazing. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I I guarantee you, you know, they're, they're, they're dragging us through uh, little holes in walls with this show. They're going to do it to us again yeah. uh, uh, with the next Marvel show, uh, The Falcon mm-hmm. and the Snowman. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then whatever they're calling. Do you know what they're calling the Loki show? Is it just Loki? I thought it was What If. No, uh, th- th- there's a, d- a separate show that's What If. There's both a Loki oh, okay. show and a What If show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they're they're just they're just gonna screw with yeah. us. Oh, I know. And we'll we'll get in line for it. We'll we'll, we'll be like, on. oh, please, we'll watch this Happily. episode four times. Yeah, yeah. I would love I would love it if a third party could audit the Disney numbers for this because right now they're like, oh, it's the number one streaming show in the world. And is it how? Prove it to me. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm a lunatic who watches it multiple times, but you know, come on. Man. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I I. It's not that I doubt it. It's just that I feel like. Um, Disney saying so isn't necessarily the most reliable source of information. Yeah. So that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, okay. I kind of believe I, I kind of believed them when they said the Mandalorian was because everybody in the universe that I know had seen the Mandalorian. Yeah, people I know who don't always know what I'm talking about when I talk about Star Wars knew what the Mandalorian was. Exactly. They, it. they were into it. Yeah. So, so I can believe that one. Yeah. I. J- yeah. See. I feel like we got to get some Doctor Strange because we know that this show leads into the next Doctor Strange movie. So I am I am sort of waiting for that to happen. So uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Scooby gang gets a special guest appearance, you know, mm-hmm. and know. all of a sudden a ring slinger shows up and, you know, things get really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. We, they live on a planet with magic users, so surely one of them will pop in at some point. Um, and we just have to figure out where Agnes is in all of this, and we have to figure mm-hmm. out what Pietro is in all of this, and we have to have the Wanda versus Vision resolution, we have to have the Wanda versus Wanda resolution, and uh, we have to see Hayward finish his days working at a genius bar at the uh, at the at the at the banana junior store and, and frankly I, i'm just fine if cat dennings and randall park mm-hmm. are in every marvel property from now on oh yeah oh yeah yeah, no. yeah. i i i'm here for that yeah 100 percent. okay well my friends we have um effectively discussed this episode for twice as long as the running time of the episode so i think it's time for us to put a pin in it um thanks to everybody who has been following along and giving feedback on twitter we love knowing that you're listening and we're gratified for it please hit us up with your theories please hit us up with your corrections um you know uh, feel free to it's not nanda parbat you nimrod Yes, I'm going to actually set the timer on how long it takes somebody to go. I was just listening and I had to pause to tell you it was... Commertage. 
Comrade-tage. Yeah. Um, yeah. That said, I mentioned yeah. Nanda Parbat, and now I kind of want some of the Netflix dudes to roll on through. <laughs> oh, like I said, awesome. I just want, I just want like a show, like it's like those Disney, you know how like Disney Plus has the little Pixar shorts now that are like yeah. less than a, like I basically want a series of Disney Plus shorts where all it is are the group texts with Darcy and Jessica Jones and a few other chosen people. And I would watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would watch that so hard. All right. <laughs> In uh, the absence go, of, I want to let everyone know um, you can get us on Twitter if you haven't figured it out already. Mm-hmm. And uh, the show is Maximoff Overdrive, but it's Maximoff Over DRV is the mm-hmm. Twitter name. So you can find us on Twitter. If you uh, do need to pause the episode, shout at us for a minute, and then go back to listening to the episode and find out that we corrected ourselves, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Go for yes. it. Uh, yeah, we're, we we all have access to the account. It's totally great. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, Please yes. Do. If you want to advocate, tell us who you'd bring over from the Netflix shows into, into this new world. Um, we're open to all suggestions. Anyway, and with that note, I'm going to close the episode. I would love to thank Don Melton. I would like to thank Kelly Gamont. Thank you so much. This is, as always, this has been a blast. And I am Lisa Schmeiser, and this has been Maximoff Overdrive. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going.